Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T.com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Welcome to the show today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Always, always appreciate you being with me and just taking time out of your day to really just do something for you to help you be the person that that you are intended to be and that you will enjoy the most. And, you know, because don't we hate, you know, regrets? You know, that that's one of the worst things is when I have to regret the way I handled something, the way I handled myself, the missing of, of a mark, whatever that may be. And so we're going to talk today about bending but not breaking. And before we get into that, I always want to remind you to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And in the bio, there's a link. And when you click on that link, there's all kinds of things that we have for you that you can download. We have study guides for the shows that that I do. Um, we certainly have all kinds of inspirational things. We have some worksheets that help to really just become the person that you are always wanting to be. So take advantage of that. I appreciate that. So when we think about this bending but not breaking, what we first want to think about is, you know, there are those people who are very flexible. And they need to be wary of how far they are flexing because they're so limber. See, they may not realize how far away from their value system they may be. And so if you are one of those people that's, you know, very limber, like, you know, okay, I can handle that, or I can see that movie, or I can handle that kind of language, or, you know, I can kind of, you know, not always color in the lines, that's where you want to say to yourself, if I have that ability, that is a God-given ability. It really is. You want to make sure that the enemy of your soul doesn't use it against you. So you want to make sure that the more limber you are, the more solid you are about your value system. Now, we've talked about value systems before on this show, and I talk to clients daily about, are you going against your own value system? Because we all have this idea of the type of person that we want to be, but how many things get in the way of us actually being that person? How many times do we let ourselves down? How many times do we go too far and we break? Or we, you know, really just end up having regrets. And so we want to be careful 
about this idea of flexibility still having a plumb line of a value system. And for those of us who are naturally solid and are very good at holding the line against much adversity, these people have to practice relaxing. Holding on to the standard, but not beating up those who may be weaker or more limber or more naive, young at heart, maybe are naturally positive. So we must recognize the breaking point of those who are not as flexible. And we need to make sure that we don't mischaracterize those that are flexible and see them as maybe arrogant or uncooperative, um, a killjoy or something. You know, these people that are going to struggle with the flexible ones can have a tendency to really struggle against them and want to pull things back into place and put it back in a box. And they can come across as condemning when many times their heart simply just doesn't want you to get hurt, doesn't want you to get in necessary, unnecessary trouble. So we have to first, in turn, support those who are too flexible and may find themselves very far away from the plumb line or their own values. Maybe they've gone too far. Maybe they feel embarrassed, defeated, misunderstood, judged. But see, we, both, we need both the solids and the flexibles. So that's an important concept to have. I don't want you to just be either or. That, that isn't healthy. I want you to be a mixture of that, a combination of being very solid and very flexible. So that comes back to this idea of a value system. So you need to take the time to say, what, what really is my value system? What guides me? What directs me? What stops me from doing something? What starts me doing something? What am I motivated by? And so when we think about this idea of a value system, if you don't have a value system that says to you, hey, maybe other people speed, but I don't speed. And so even if I get teased for it, I'm still not, that's my value system. Or some people, it's the way they dress. They say, you know, I'm not going to dress in any way that's provocative in today's world, if you can be provocative in today's world. But they may say, you know what, you can dress that way, but I'm not comfortable dressing that way. And so when we think about this value system piece, it says, you know, what, what rules my life? The same way that when we're driving in the car, we have all these signs that help us stay in our lane, turn at the right time, brake at the right time. And so that's what a value system does. So we want to make sure that we are clear about our value system. I, I will tell you the truth. If you go against your value system, it is a brutal comeback. I've had that experience before in my life, especially at younger, and oh, it's so hard to not beat yourself up. It's so hard to even like yourself again when you go against your own value system. And, it, you know, in the moment, it can seem like it'll work and you can pull it off. And yeah, okay, it's a little bit outside of what I would, you know, normally do, but, you know, we're having fun and I don't want to be judgmental. And so I can go along with it. And then it, maybe it turns into something a lot bigger than you ever dreamed and something that you would never participate in. So you want to be able to be limber in that moment and say, you know, I might need to, and say, I need to call a friend. I need to check on my mom. I need to, whatever it may be, to give yourself a break to kind of reset 
and get back in line with your own value system so that you know how far you will go, you know how much you will bend, you know how much you will take, how much you will give. So again, how do we bend and not break? Well, we don't go against our own moral code, our own value system. See, if these are in jeopardy, we actually may need to break from what we may be participating in. And you know, it might be ugly. People might say that you're judgmental. They might say that, you know, you're just not even, you know, participatory. You're not someone that's accepting of people. And you have to kind of have an idea or some language of how you want to respond. You know, and we have that great story in the Bible where David was um, being seduced by the Sheba. And so what did he do? He got off the bed. He ran out of the room. He just knew himself. He knew if he didn't run like crazy, he would have gone against his own value system and would have been very disappointed in himself. So we want to make sure that if our value system is in jeopardy, then we need to make sure that we get ourselves into a position where we can tighten it up, where we can relax and say, okay, now I'm back on my game. Now I've got my internal compass working for me. And, and we may need to even break from what we might be participating in. We may need to walk away. We can do it politely. We can't control what other people do and how they respond. They may say, oh, you're so judgmental. You're, you know, you're a killjoy, all these things. But you want to be prepared for that and recognize, I have to live with myself. I have to wake up every day with me, look at myself in the mirror. I have to own me. So what does bending really mean? Well, bending means I have some flexibility. The ability to major in the majors and not in the minors. So it means I'm not going to turn things upside down and cause a, ma a minor issue to be a major issue. It means I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to have grace. And so I'm going to use grace with myself and with others. Because I'm not God, so I'm not ultimately even allowed to judge anybody. But what I can do is have some flexibility and maybe enjoy some people that maybe otherwise wouldn't always be in my life. Maybe that flexibility allows me to see another type of, of lifestyle that might be able to help me even encourage or understand people better. So the flexibility piece is really important. And think about how flexible Jesus is, how much he tolerates, how much he puts up with, how much he loved people in spite of them going against every value that he had in his heart. So think about, wow, can I be flexible with people that maybe I disagree with? Does that mean that I'm giving them tacit agreement? Or does that just mean I'm being accepting? And remember the famous saying that we have, acceptance does not mean agreement. So I can be very accepting of people. Now, I will tell you, if they hurt animals, I will not be accepting of that <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. So I, I am not flexible when it comes to that. When it comes to animals, pets, and children, forget it, right? So that's like at the very edge of my value system. I have a lot more flexibility in the, in the meantime before I get to that outer edge. So bending 
this means I do have flexibility and I, I have the ability to look above things. I, I can major in the majors and not in the minors. And I can give someone a good experience of who I am, even while they are understanding that we may have a different value system. I still can be loving. I still can be kind. I still can be helpful. And this is where <clears throat> we want to make sure that when we're allowing ourselves to bend, this means I'm able to get some perspective. I'm able to back up a little. I'm able to, able to see the bigger picture and maybe the final outcome. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. We are coming back with more bending and not breaking. Well, thank you for joining me. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm so glad that you've tuned in today, and I want to encourage you to go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and in the bio, there's a, little, there's a link, and if you click on that, there's all kinds of things that are made available for you. We have handouts, we have study guides, all kinds of different things that can help you really be the best version of you. And so we're talking today about bending, not breaking. So how do we bend and not break? Well, <clears throat> like we said earlier, this means we don't go against our own moral code and our own value system. This doesn't mean that I make someone's preference a moral issue. Like, let's say somebody wants to, to drink a beer with their nachos. Am I going to, like, storm out of the, you know, the, the club? Am I going to storm out of the restaurant because this person's drinking a beer? Or am I going to say, you know, that's really, that's really their problem. It's their deal. If they feel comfortable doing that and they handle it well, then they're allowed to have that issue. They're allowed to have that experience. Now, if I'm with someone that I know is an alcoholic or is even a recovering alcoholic, that might be a different story. I might say to them, I might have to break from this event because I'm not comfortable watching this. I can't support this. So when we think about this, this issue of our value system, our moral code, this is what always guides us. Now, what I want you to think about is, if someone is going against my moral code, my value system, then I have to make sure that my value system guides me in kindness and acceptance, because acceptance does not mean agreement. Now, if there's violence going on, that's a whole different topic. So think about this idea of allowing myself to bend. What does that do for me? Well, it gives me better perspective. Maybe I'm better able to back up and look at the big picture instead of all the little details. And maybe while I'm seeing the bigger picture and really seeing what a final outcome may be, I might be able to say, you know, the final outcome is going to be good. I don't know how much I like all this stuff in between, but as long as I'm not going against my value system and participating in things that I'm not comfortable with, I still can be in the audience. I still can be with people that I like, people that I love, even if I'm not participating in the way that they may be. Now, this is why this is so, so important. I have to make sure 
that what I might be tolerating or accepting or maybe even ignoring, again, does not go against my own value system or code. And it may mean that I need to increase some acceptance and tolerance and increase my acceptance and some tolerance. But I can't go outside of my own value system. So these are things like, you know, maybe um, you're with your, your boyfriend, you're with your husband, maybe your son and daughter are with you at a restaurant and a woman is dressed in a way that you would certainly deem inappropriate. Well, she has a right to dress that way. If it were just you and your husband, you might just go, okay, whatever, we can still enjoy the night. But if you've got kiddos under the age of, you know, 18, then you might want to say, you know, we may need to try another restaurant. But you don't have to storm out of the restaurant or give dirty looks to the people that you're not agreeing with. You can just simply say, wow, we, we have choices here. So we don't have to judge them. That's up to God. That, that's God's problem. What we do judge is whether or not we're going to stay. And that's where we make a decision. So when we are tolerating things, accepting things, even ignoring things, that has everything to do with relationship. You see, imagine if God could not get over all of our bad behaviors. Imagine if he said, you know, I, this is intolerable, I will not accept this, and so therefore we are now no longer in relationship. Thankfully, God knew exactly what he was getting into when he designed us and created us and actually allows us to continue living. He knows what he's doing. He's able to tolerate now, if you think about some of the stories in the Bible, we saw Noah's, Noah and the flood, right? That was God at a point of complete intolerance. Complete. He, he, he was done. He was done. He was sick of being hurt, sick of being offended, sick of being, you know, seeing people harm each other and do everything opposite of the reason why he created the world. And so he was done with it. Now, let's think about some tolerance that God may have had. He allowed nine people to live. <laughs> so I guess he even had some tolerance in the midst of that, that tirade and how unhappy and hurt and sad and disappointed he was. So this, this means that if I'm tolerating, if I'm accepting, it doesn't mean I, I'm going against my own value system. It means that I may need to increase acceptance and tolerance until the point that it's going completely against my own value system. So that may be things like if you're in a group of people, maybe language. It, it may be um, the way they're joking around. It may be, you know, what they're saying to one another. It may be what they're encouraging people to do. So you have to determine that on your own as an adult. You have to say to yourself, if I'm uncomfortable with this, and I'm trying to tolerate, I'm trying to accept, I keep hoping that maybe it's just a passing moment, and maybe I'm finding out this is what they all do, then the healthiest thing for me and the kindest thing for me to do is extricate myself from it. I don't need to, you know, give them shame attacks, right? I don't need to shame them for what they're doing. I can choose to say, hey, this, this, this isn't my deal. And I can say it also in a very kind way. I can, I can say, hey, I've got, you know, a really early morning. It was good to see you guys, but I'm going to have to call it a night. I know it's only 7 o'clock, but <laughs> I know the amount of work I have tomorrow. So you, we can really do that adroitly and kindly. 
So we want to make sure that we have that heightened degree of awareness. So that means that I may need to take a time out in order to listen to myself, to check my gut, to breathe, to relax my body. Because this allows me to better assess how close or far away from my value system I am. So I don't want you to do something in a panic. You know, I, I'm, I'm uncomfortable if people take the Lord's name in vain. I don't like it if it's used as slang. It bothers me tremendously. Now, if I'm in a group of people and I understand the person that's doing it is maybe ignorant, then I might be able to overlook that. For heaven's sakes, God overlooks it every day, right? So I may be able to overlook it to, to really make sure that the, the, the experience that people are having, you know, isn't ruined because I, I'm not okay with it. If I can't be okay, if it goes too far, then I may have to extricate myself from it. So I need to listen to my gut. I need to listen to my body. I need to listen and, and assess my value system and say, how far out am I if I am participating in this? So if it's a couple of steps from my value system, okay, I, I, you know, I can flex. I, I can adjust. But if I'm being asked to do something, like for me, it would be, you know, watching an animal being harmed. Okay. Like I couldn't, I can't go to those, whatever those cockfights are. I could, I couldn't, I can't even think about it. So that's me knowing me. That's me knowing my own preferences and knowing my value system so that I don't harm people with my preferences and value system. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about bending and not breaking. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. And again, I want to encourage you to please go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. My assistants have put together a great website. There's so many things there for you to take advantage of. And so I want to make sure that you really check that out. And you also can click, um, there's a link in the bio, and you can click on that. And there's all kinds of study guides and, you know, helpful information. And you can download the shows, all kinds of things that are going to help you in just in your daily life to be the best version of you. So we left off on this idea about bending, not breaking, and what does that really mean? And so how do we bend and not break? Well, the biggest issue is not letting go of your own moral code and value system. But it also means that there's some flex in it. And so I want you to think about this idea of understanding your own flex capacity, right? How flexible am I? Am I so flexible that I go against my own value system? Or am I so rigid that I can't even relate to people? So being gentle with myself, knowing my own flex capacity. And, and I know me, I am a very, I mean, I just love humans. I really do. And I have great grace and mercy. And, and I understand them many times and, and I want them to be okay. And so I may be more flexible than maybe my husband or my friends. And that doesn't mean that I'm asking them to be as flexible as I am. Now, there may be other times 
where I'm the one that can't flex. And that might be a particular movie that I'm like, I can't, I can't sit through this. I can't watch it. It's too violent for me. I don't care if it has a happy ending. It's too loud. I can't take it. So we have to really respect the flex capacity that everybody has and not constantly push at it to say, no, you can do it. It's not that big of a deal. Just come on. You're going to enjoy it. Trust us. You know, you want to be careful to say, you know, there's a certain limit to encouraging people to get outside of their comfort zone and actually encouraging or even shaming them into going against their own value system. So we want to be very careful with that. Now, if I break from my own value system, I'm going to tell you that this is, these are the rules here. It is only to express great love to another. So that's something like killing another to protect an innocent, right? I wouldn't necessarily, I would, I would not kill someone unless, and this is where we want to know when we break from our value system, how far are we going to let that value system stretch? How much flex do I have to be able to tolerate something that I otherwise would never tolerate? See, what, what about something like going into a place that I would never frequent to help another person, to extricate them, or to reason with them? And I might say to them, hey, you know, I love you. Let's reason this out. This is not a good idea. This isn't going well for you. Can you please trust me? Let's just leave. We'll figure it out tomorrow. And so otherwise, I might not ever go to whatever the establishment my friend, my family member may be in. So it's imperative to know where my breaking point is. Am I willing to break from my own value system, my own moral code, my commitment to myself and to God? And I have to understand where that is. Now, I know you know exactly what I'm talking about when you have, you know, had an evening, you did something at work, it seemed like really a good idea at the time. And you did go against shown moral code, and you thought it was going to be okay. And the next day, you're just devastated. You're like, I can't believe I did that. That's not me. So what do we do with that? First and foremost, forgiveness. This is what forgiveness is about. God understands that no matter how old we are, we are still learning. And we are always in a position of learning. That's why he calls us children. So we want to firstly apologize to God, then apologize to ourselves, and say, you know, that was not a good idea. I can't believe I let myself do that. And I need to forgive myself so that I can start back on solid ground. Who else do I need to forgive? Do I need to forgive someone that was consistently talking me into it and pressuring me? Still doesn't mean that they made me do something, but I might have to forgive them and say, you know, they know better. They know me. Why would they push me into that kind of a situation when I'm saying no and I don't want people to be mad? And so we have to think about this. My commitment to myself, my commitment to God. And if I do break, what is the cost? What's the cost if I break as I'm bending? See, have you ever bent too far and it broke? I've done that before in my life where I've gone too far, bending, 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 and I crossed this elusive line and all of a sudden it broke. I'm like, I went against my value system. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment, our last segment, as we talk so much about this idea of breaking 
and what the cost is. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. We are in the last segment, and if you are just tuning in, I'm so glad that you did. And I want to make sure that you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com, and there's a bio, and in that bio there's a link. And if you, if you click on the link, then you can get all kinds of handouts, all kinds of study guides, all kinds of help as you are working on being the best version of you. And we are talking about this idea of bending and not breaking. And making sure that those of us who are very flexible have to be wary of going too far because we're so limber, it feels okay. It doesn't hurt us yet. And we may not realize how far away from our value system we are. How about, how about those of you that are naturally very solid and hold the line, you know, against any adversity? And these people have to really practice relaxing, holding on to the standard but not beating up those who may be weaker, more limber, naive, or just have a different value system than you. We must recognize the breaking point of those who are not as flexible, and we don't want to characterize them as arrogant or uncooperative or a killjoy. And in turn, we want to support those who are too flexible and may find themselves very far away from their own values that they've gone too far, they feel embarrassed, defeated, misunderstood, judged, whatever that may be. So we need both the solids part of us and the solids in our community, and we need the flexibles. We need to be able to flex as well. So when we think about this, this is really important. If we do break, and there are some times when we need to break. So how do we do that? See, when we are thinking about this idea of a break, it means I, it's imperative that I know where my breaking point is. And am I willing to break from my value system, my own moral code, my own commitment to God, to myself? And so when we talked about this idea of breaking from your value system and breaking in a way that you would never do, I really want to encourage you to understand that there have to be some elements there of your value system that are going to cause you to break. And if you do break, and it isn't a conscious choice necessarily, if it is something of coercion, or you got talked into it, or you're tired, or you went farther than you normally do, then you have to forgive you. You have to forgive yourself and reset. So we know, have to know where the breaking point is. And if we break, we have to understand what's the cost. If I go against my value system, if I go against my own moral code, what is the cost and what are the consequences? And what are the risks? But here's the thing. Some things may just need to break. And one of the ways that we actually practice a moral life is if we let some things break. And we don't fix them. And we say, we don't want them fixed. They need to break. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not wholesome. It's not uplifting. Whatever that is, whatever is good, whatever is righteous, whatever is, you know, healthy, those are the things that we want to be focusing on and living by. So I love this verse. And um, it talks about that God sees us as a bruised reed 
And he says he will not break us. He won't break us because he broke Jesus. That's what he did. So the need for self-care, for gentleness, respecting time, not forcing things, being committed to your own idea, all right? Th- this is what's imperative to be able to do so that you can support you. See, I don't want you to be getting bruised on others or broken on others because you didn't take care of you. You didn't stand up for your moral code. So I found this, this really encouraging um, I don't know, soliloquy, that this, this particular gentleman, Dr. David um, Laskalit, wrote about this verse, the bruised reed he will not break. And he talks about, you know, this idea, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In his faithfulness he will bring forth justice, he will not falter or be discouraged till he establishes justice on earth. In his teaching, the coastlands will be put, they will put their hope. And it goes on when you think about in the verse 3 of this passage, when Isaiah writes about a bruised reed, I want you to understand that the English word bruised doesn't fully convey what Isaiah is really trying to teach us. The word bruise is what we would call a weak word because we experience bruises all the time. So what's the big deal about a bruise? Well, the Hebrew language, the word we translate in English as bruise is a word that means crushed in the Hebrew language. It implies a deep contusion. So this is not merely a break in the skin externally, but rather a break internally that has injured or destroyed a vital internal organ. See, Isaiah is talking about Maybe something you don't see on the surface, but on the inside, you're so crushed that you literally feel like you're dying. See, for Isaiah, it is the reed that is crushed. This reed is a stalk of grain that is broken, crushed, at such an angle it will never produce grain again. But at the same time, Isaiah is writing about the fact that he's able to do something that no one can do. See, God can heal the crushed, the broken in spirit, and he can produce good things once again in our life. So unlike anyone in history, Jesus Christ suffered. You know, he's the suffering servant, and he attracted, he was attracted to hopeless causes and cases. See, he loves the fragile. He loves healing people who have been beaten, battered, bruised. And maybe these bruises don't even show on the outside, but on the inside. And they are so crushing that they can bring death. And it may not be physical death, but it may be the death of a relationship, the death of a dream, the death of, a death of an idea, the death of hope. So Richard, Richard Sibbs, he's the author of the book, A Bruised Read, and he describes how Jesus brings healing to those who've been bruised. And, and he writes this, and I, I, I'm going to read it exactly the way he wrote it because I like how he said it. He says, if you want to see mercy, you want to see his mercy to bruised reeds, consider his borrowed names. He's called the lamb, the mother hen. We're told that Jesus will heal the brokenhearted. 
the crushed in spirit, a bruised reed he will not break. See, now his baptism, the Holy Spirit sat on him in the shape of a dove to show that he should be a dove like a gentle mediator. And so his, his invitation, it says this, it says, Come unto me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's the good physician of all diseases. He died that we might heal our souls with the medicine of his own blood. Imagine that. Never fear to go to God, since we have such a great mediator that's not only a friend, but our brother and our husband. And let this keep us when we feel ourselves bruised. Because I don't want you to be doing your life as if you're so fragile, you can't take any kind of a risk. See, Loving people is always a risk. They're imperfect. They are always going to let us down to one degree or another. And we are going to let them down. So when we look at this, Christ is attracted to the bruised, to the battered, to the hopeless cases. He's so invested in our wounded condition that he literally comes down to us in order to heal all of our bruises. And what a reminder as we walk through the bruising days of our country right now, of COVID, Ukraine, Russia, political unrest, all these things we don't know what to believe in. So what a reminder that Christ understands the battering and the bruising of each of us and our country. And so the, the Christ is so merciful as to not break us. So I'm not going to let myself break in despair. So if God, being so kind to understand, when we may be at our breaking point, we must respect this and honor this when it comes to ourselves and to others. See, I want you to take care of the one he loves and take care of you as a way to love those who love you. And this is an understanding that when we go out into the world, when we're even in our own internal world, it can be a bloodbath. This is a painful place to live. And, and I have to tell you the truth, it's taken me years to have my internal world be safe for myself. And I still have to work on that because I can still be condemning of myself. I can still be disappointed in myself and frustrated with myself. And I have to go to God and ask for that mercy. And he is that great physician that is going to heal all those wounds, especially the ones that are self-inflicted. You know, I, I don't know about you, but most of us are not very nice to ourselves. <laughs> We're not very honest with ourselves. We're not kind. And we have a tendency to be the worst one when it comes to, to beating us up. And we won't even let ourselves off the hook. We won't even, you know, say, okay, I think I beat myself up enough. I think I'm, I'm free to go. No, we'll bring it up years later. My mind will tell me about stuff I did in high school. And I have to remind myself that that bruising, if it's done correctly, actually makes me stronger. And helps me not to be afraid to take risks. Because life is a risk. 
And it's tough. I mean, it killed Jesus, so we know it's tough down here. So I want you to think about this idea of bending and not breaking. And the only time I want you to break if, 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 is if it's for righteousness, for peace, for joy, for love's sake. But I don't want you getting into a situation that's breaking you. We have to learn how to bend. We have to be flexible. We have to be loving and kind and understand that not everybody is where we're at. And that we make sure that when we're holding the line, we're not beating people up with that. And that we're doing this because we don't want them injured, not because we're judging them. So you don't want to let go of your own moral code and your value system. And, and I want you to be very clear on what your moral code and your value system is. I do not want it to be legalistic. I want it to be about goodness, about mercy, about grace, about love. I don't want it to be about performance, that you're going to somehow act like a perfect person and so that you don't, you don't end up breaking over something. I would much rather you are broken and come back stronger and actually more loving, more accepting, and more kind. So we have to determine what do we need to break from? What do we need to accept? What do we need to tolerate? How do we need to be flexible? So this is the ability to major in the majors and not in the minors. So I don't know about you, but most of us, especially us women, we really can major in the minors, especially when it comes to our appearance or how we interacted with someone. Men have a tendency to major in the minors if they missed a deal and if they're not performing well. So we need to have mercy and grace on ourselves so that we have enough to give away. So I'm so glad you joined me today, and I hope that this was encouraging for you. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version.